Welcome to the Search for Wellness podcast, where we embark on inspiring conversations to explore the many facets of health and well-being. I'm your host, Pooja, a certified fitness instructor, the co-owner of Beyond Body Fitness Studios. I'm also a qualified health coach, breath coach, and proud to say, a cancer coach. My personal journey towards wellness took a profound turn when I faced a cancer diagnosis two years ago. Despite leading a relatively healthy lifestyle, I realized that my understanding of well-being was limited at that time. This unexpected challenge ignited my quest for knowledge and a deep desire to restore balance and harmony into my body and life. Now, I'm here to share the wisdom and insights I've gained because what's the point of all this knowledge if I can't share it? In today's fast-paced and stressful world, prioritizing our physical, mental, and emotional well-being is more critical than ever. This podcast aims to delve into a wide range of wellness aspects from longevity, fitness, and supplements, to alternative practices like homeopathy, acupuncture, and sound therapy, as well as nutrition, diet, and innovative therapies. Through this platform, I'm committed to helping you make simple and sustainable changes that seamlessly fit into your daily life, empowering you to live a happy, healthy, and fulfilling life. Let's embark on this inspiring journey together and meet our special guest today. So, uh, Cecil René, a remarkable Norwegian-born osteopath practicing in Nairobi, Kenya, has earned widespread acclaim for her unique approach to healthcare. Hailing from Norway with a background in physiotherapy from Germany, she delved into the field of osteopathy in her homeland. However, it was during the late stages of her practice that she began to unravel the profound connection between the human body and the emotions it harbors, often detecting profound responses from her clients. This growing fascination with the interplay between the body and the mind led her to complete her master's in a degree of clinical psychology in 2017. Cecil's journey is an inspiring testament to her dedication in pioneering a holistic approach to well-being in Nairobi. Welcome Cecil. I'm so excited to have you here. You have no idea. I mean, on a personal level, you have been a huge, huge, huge impact in my life. You're not only are you my osteopath, but I feel like you're also a very close friend of mine and our friendship has blossomed through this journey. Um, I almost feel like every time I have been to see you, it's been so therapeutic, uh, not only on a physical level, but even on a mental level. Um, we've connected a, over many, many years. Um, you've helped me through my journey, through my cancer diagnosis. I think you were one of the first people I wanted to come and share it with and be open about it. So I came to you and I sat there and I opened up and I told you what was happening and you were amazing. You really guided me and you really protected me from that fear. I still remember that day when you, you touched me and you felt me and you said, but I don't feel any negativity out of here. I don't feel any negativity coming from your body. So having you here on this podcast means a lot, a lot, a lot to me. So thank you so much for sharing this space with us today and with me. Um, so I wanted to start off by asking you my first question is that when did you move to Kenya and why? Well, first of all, Pooja, thank you so much for those 
beautiful words. It's really very heart, heartfelt <laughs> and uh, uh, it means a lot to me to do this podcast with you, whom I also feel close to. Um, and I'm honored to have shared this journey with you. Uh, I came to Kenya in 2009 with my husband and two kids at the time. Uh, because uh, my husband had a project here, uh, supported by the Norwegian government. Um, and I didn't think, or I didn't know if I could work here actually. So for me, it was coming here, settling us as a family, and um, starting up my yoga practice. Uh, and suddenly I was approached by um, people that heard I was an osteopath, if I could come and look at this and uh, look at that. And, um, and then I teamed up with a psychologist, a British psychologist here, who asked me to share her practice. And that's when I got a work permit and never looked back, I guess. We loved our life here. Um, it's a beautiful country to live in. Um, with its challenges, absolutely, <laughs> I would say. And you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, but it has been a very, um, I would say, beautiful journey for me as well. It's been a journey and um, through it I have learned a lot. Hmm. That's amazing. And would you call this home? Yes, absolutely. Um, it is, it's been home for 14 years and, uh, but always I, I've come to terms with that you can have more than one home. I agree. So we have, I am Norwegian, we have a home in Norway and, uh, I'm grateful for that. So I have, um, I guess I have, uh, accepted that, um, I can have two homes. <laughs> and you know what? Home is where the heart is, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you know, I go to the beach and I feel at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I want to live on, I love, I want to live in front of the ocean. It's just, yeah. you know, you feel, you feel True. at home when you go to the yeah. beach, you know, the ocean mm. welcomes you with open arms, just the yeah. sound of it, uh, walking barefoot on the sand. Yeah. Um, so home is honestly mm. where the heart is really. Yeah. True. Um, so we're going to go straight into it and I wanted you to start uh, by sharing what osteopathy is, mm -hmm. what is physiotherapy, uh, what, what a physiotherapist does and what an mm. osteopath does, mm. what are the differences, um, yeah, just, mm. you know, you have a dictionary of knowledge, so we're here to hear <laughs> you share that. Um, well, I have uh, a side of it, at least, or which I've tried to make more about seeing um, the whole person. So when I started out as a physiotherapist in Norway, I worked uh, in, in a couple of hospitals, and which was great learning, but I felt when I started in private practice that I very easily um, came to a halt with, uh, with what I knew. I, I, um, I love the study of physiotherapy, which is similar to osteopathy. It's a, a anatomy, physiology. 
Um, but um, but I, I felt I was missing something because uh, people always came back. But now my pain has moved and it's not the lower back, it's the neck. <laughs> or And I couldn't kind of see the connection. Mm. So when I learned about osteopathy, it was for me like a light switch went on. And I'm like, wow, that's the missing link. It's mm. the more to see the connections in the body. That's how I um, experienced it, at least. So... Osteopathy um, included a couple of systems that I hadn't known of in physiotherapy, and that is the visceral osteopathy, which is how the organ system is uh, linked to the musculoskeletal system, and how our cranial sacral system uh, is also linked to um, uh, the musculoskeletal system. So. It was a deeper dive for me during those years of studies into uh, the anatomy of the body, the physiology, the neurology, and uh, I got a deeper understanding, I guess, of also our nervous system, how it works, which is quite complicated, I found, and um, how I could use that in my practice. So it's more to me an understanding of the cause and effect, or that was my journey in these studies. So if you, for example, come with a lower back pain, I, I don't only look at your lumbar spine, I look at also anything that is connected to your lower back, which can be a lesion in your ankle and wow. how the muscles and nerves are connected to the lower back. Or it can be like that you have tension around your uh, kidney fascia, which has also nerves going to the lower back. And very often I have to release in other places than actually where the pain is. So that's why people sometimes stand up from the bench and are like, oh, wow, what happened? It's, mm -hmm. uh, the pain is gone and I had no idea why it was there or where it came from. So, so that was, uh, to me, fascinating. So I, I, um, I loved those years of studying osteopathy as well. Mm. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, oftentimes we don't even realize that uh, that the the source of the pain mm. is not actually where the pain started yeah. it's not where it started it started somewhere else True. and it's traveled to that place and mm. it's giving the body a signal through that yeah and that is almost like its outlet mm. and we also almost forget that all of this is connected yes. you know yeah oftentimes as humans mm. we we feel that we're so everything is disconnected that mm. you know my, mm. my, my left arm is disconnected from my right mm. arm, mm. you know, my head. Mm. And if I have stress in my body, it's not going to affect mm. anything else. It's, mm. I mean, if, it's, if I have stress in my head, sorry, it's mm. not going to affect anything mm. else in my body. Yeah. But oftentimes we don't realize that all of this is related and it's mm. all related through the fascias. It's all related through our nerves. Mm -hmm. It's all related through exactly. the tissues in our body. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess you have created that awareness and you have brought that into the Kenyan world where I don't even think most people even now don't even know what an osteopath is and what an osteopath does. True. I think a lot of people, mm. hopefully with this podcast, we will mm. you know, end up learning what an osteopath is and what mm. she does and what's the difference between going to a chiropractor mm. or a physiotherapist. Mm. Uh, and also when you talk about the cranial, uh, most people don't even know what that is. That mm. is actually the your head, your mm. neck, right? Yeah. It's the yeah. um, it, it's it's your skull. It's your skull and all that's within that. <laughs> and and and, yeah. and the nerves that are all connected mm. to that, and the tissues Cranial and the muscles. Nerve. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
so um, which is which is also works great on infants and babies and but all through all through our lives we have come to know that there is movement in the skull you know we think that everything in the in the bones are so hard and stuck but it isn't it has to be flexible it it is there is some micro move we wouldn't call it movement but plasticity maybe and um um, and you're right, we're only, I think at the time, no, there might be um, one or two osteopaths at the coast and mm -hmm. there, and we're three only in Nairobi, I think. And all of us, you know, as osteopaths, it's a bit like art, I guess. We all work <laughs> a bit different. Yeah. Because you, I, I also explain this to, to my clients that, you know, we, um, as therapists, or you also work and use tools from the toolbox that that uh, goes with your own personality as a as a person, as a therapist as well. So we all work a bit different, I would guess. Um, and uh, and to me, it has been a real um, real what should I say, enlightening process to go into combining it with uh, psychology mm. and uh, with, uh, with the mind and emotions and also um, dive a bit deeper into how our thinking, how our belief systems, how our worldview uh, is um, reflecting in our body as well. Um, and I think um, a lot from my own yoga practice taught me a lot about that as well. Mm. You know, when you spoke about the fact that you guys are artists, right? Mm. I just I, I just realized that, you know, any form of healing is actually an art. Mm. If you think about it, any Medicines. form of healing, medicine mm. is an yes, art. Definitely. And it, it's all about tapping into that intuition. It's about tapping mm. into that person's energy and mm. your energy and that frequency that has to mm. relate, that has to match, mm. uh, that has to connect. Mm. So when I come to see you today, you might do this kind of work on me. But then mm. the next time I come, it would be something totally different. Mm. Even a part of the body you've never even worked on, maybe. But that is because that part of the body needed more healing, that mm. part of the body is where you were drawn to mm. through that intuition. Am I, am I, am I talking sense or no? <laughs> yes, and, it, and it, it's interesting to her, hear how you experience it, mm. which, uh, yeah, which is so uh, true. And I guess that's why I like not only doing counseling as in talking is great, but my hands are my best tools actually yes. where I can, um, where that's where I learned to listen actually mm -hmm. to what's going on. So your body is talking to me, and I started feeling these emotions. It's a, it's it's a kind of empathy, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, it's like when you walk into a room. If you're a bit uh, sensitive, you will feel, and people will even say, "Oh, the energy there was really thick. You could just, you know, with kind of with emotions knife, yeah. or whatever." And and that's what what I feel sometimes when I put my hands on, on someone's body that I can feel the emotions coming up. And that's when I thought, okay, I need to study this as well to kind of have a bit more of a background in, in what I'm doing here. Um, and it's, it's very interesting because um, when we talk the language of, of energy and frequencies, and a lot of people think that's, that's very Ooh. esoteric. <laughs> and, but, but energy is actually just uh, 
movement and it, 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 it's a power we all have. It's like electricity. We have that in our body and it's transformed to different, uh, uh, to heat or to even emotion is something that is moving in our body and expressing something. And it's uh, and, and that's uh, energy and, and law of energies. They just transform the whole time and you can, you can actually feel it. And all the cells in the body is also has frequencies that they work on. And when they're healthy, they're on a specific frequency. And when they're unhealthy, they change their frequencies that you can measure. So more and more also science is catching up in what we are actually also intuitively yes. sensing and palpating in the body. Um, like, um, um, yeah, like we now have some studies uh, actually also showing how we are storing our, our uh, emotions uh, in like in memory cells in the fascia, which is everywhere in the body. The fascia is what binds us together. It's where the limbs, venous system, material system, the nervous system is running within and and it's what uh, it's the soft tissue as well mm -hmm. and and we store we can store emotions anywhere in the body like uh, um, in the fascia and um, and more science is pointing to that now as well so um, yeah so I, I and I like that that we can uh, uh, that we maybe our intuition is a bit ahead of that <laughs> And, mm. and now when you talk about these emotions that are mm. stored in the fascias, mm. could they be good emotions and bad emotions? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You but can feel joy in the body as you well. You can feel the joy yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. But is it oftentimes mm. more the bad emotions that are the ones that bring in the discomfort and the, um, the signals to the body, the pain and... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, undeniably. And uh, it's interesting because there's also some psychological research showing that uh, uh, as human beings, our brain stores negative memories longer than positive ones. Amazing. So, wow. or so that's why sometimes it's easier for us to get hooked up in negativity exactly. than in the positive things. Yeah. And uh, I think in the in the body. We are also, um, I think we're conditioned that way in, in to, to uh, not express mm -hmm. negative emotions. I was just looking at, uh, listening to uh, Gabor Mate, you know that yes. uh, doctor? Amazing. And he said that actually 80% of autoimmune diseases we see in women because, it, and his theorizing around it is that women we are so much more conditioned to hold to hold negative emotions to, that, suppress. to suppress them we are not supposed to in many cultures even more than where i come from where you're not supposed to uh, express anger or um, and when we suppress that it creates a lot it actually creates toxins and stress in the body and we have stress loops going the whole time in our body and it creates inflammation mm -hmm. and the immune system is kind of attacking the body attacking ourselves and uh, yeah so there you have rheumatoid arthritis fibromyalgia all of these yeah. uh, many diseases that we think are um, autoimmune diseases mm. but i also think i and i and i also believe that cancer is also an emotional disease um, yeah, most of the mm. time it is also related to the emotions. 
Um, and yes. it's to do with, again, suppressing and storing mm. that emotions. Mm. Through my journey, I feel like I have used uh, emotional healing quite a bit. Mm. Um, and it's so funny because I, um, I started doing Kundalini yoga. Yeah. I, I'd never even discovered. I've like, been teaching yoga for years. Mm. been doing yoga since I was uh, in my mom's tummy. Mm. Um, but I'd never really discovered or understood Kundalini yoga before. Yeah. And then after everything I went through, I started to... Um, practice kundalini yoga and just opening up the chakras yeah and i got to uh my second energy center mm -hmm. which is the swadishtan and uh i just started crying yeah i just mm. ball started not even like cry i started bawling mm. and in my head i was like i have no idea why i'm crying mm. but my body was crying it yeah. was not even my mind it was mm. my body that mm. was crying mm. and it was releasing all this stored emotion and mm. this was all after my surgery so it was almost like i was releasing that trauma yeah. from having my uterus removed from yeah. having all of that happen to mm. me Mm. And I felt so much lighter. I couldn't even finish the whole session. I had to lay down after that. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to have to finish this session another day. Mm. I cannot finish the rest of the session. Mm. Luckily, I was doing it on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Although if I was in a group yeah. setting, I would have really tried to again hold my emotions. Yeah, exactly. And um, I was so happy that I, um, I didn't. So you're so yeah. right. Um, I'd really like to speak more about this holding trauma mm. in the body. Mm. And I know that oftentimes when I have come to see you, uh, you've, felt an emotion held in maybe my liver or in my spleen. Mm. Um, what kind of emotions do we hold in our bodies? Mm. And what kind of emotions are held in which mm. parts of the body? Mm. So I know there are uh, uh, therapists who are very set on that certain memories you find only in the liver or only in the kidneys or and, and I see it often that mm -hmm. way, but not always. Yeah. I, I don't uh, uh, I'm not uh, categorizing it that strongly, mm -hmm. but very often I do find that in the liver and gall we hold and in, we have that in our language. He was spitting gall, which is anger mm. and um, frustration. Kidney, bladder often is fear. And uh, worry, small intestines, I find often that it's very worrying, but it can also be sadness, grief, um, and uh, shame, mm -hmm. I feel oftentimes, guilt, but very often it's suppressed anger and worries and fear. Those are very anger, strong, worry and, worry and fear. We hold a lot, but, and sadness, grief, yeah. Mm. And you know, also we know now that trauma, even though you might not even remember it, it could have happened in your childhood, it is imprinted in our brains sometimes and also in, in fascia, in the body. Yeah. So I have had patients where I've started to release and I feel here is something really deep and really strong uh, like uh, like it can be very strong grief for example and then um, or it could have been in patients I had one who had really strong migraines since she was six years old and uh, and, and she had never figured out why. And now wow. she was in her end of her 20s. And I started working on her body. And I found 
well, something went on when you were around five, six. What what happened? And there, her parents got divorced, and she was didn't realize how much um, she had held and of. She yeah, of, of even her mother's, I guess, uh, trauma to mm -hmm. the mom she had held on to as well. So a lot came up and then and actually the migraine disappeared Amazing. Um, over the next following weeks when we released this. So it's... Uh, we also take on emotions from others and when we are children we can easily take on traumas from our parents or from from people close to us as well mm -hmm. um and and i'm not saying that it's always that that it's that easy you know mm -hmm. that it's just one thing very often it's many things coming to get many things coming, coming together. together and it's like taking off one peeling off uh, an onion and, right yeah, like yeah, layers exactly. and layers yeah like you felt like yeah. suddenly oh what's this? this is something total different yeah something that had and it was time for it to come up yeah exactly mm. it was time for it mm. to come up exactly yeah, everything also. has its place yeah. in time yeah but that is just amazing i felt um I, I but i i truly find that you know with you it's almost like a emotional journey also. Mm. Do you ever feel like when uh, a patient comes and like like I said about mm. my Kundalini, do they just start like yes. crying yeah. Yeah. profusely and yes. then you know that, yeah. okay, this is it. This and is I it. Can it's see coming out. how we are taught to hold back. So yes. I, I, I tell my patient, please let it out. And I can see many are kind of fighting to yeah. hold the, keep the tears back in there. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like... No, that's why you're here. It mm -hmm. needs to, and and it's it's just so um, that's such a common reaction. Yeah, and um, we just taught that way to so to hold it back. It's mm. true. It's mm. it's so true to hold it mm. back. I feel like in um, in a lot of uh, my experience, um, the minute I showed vulnerability, mm. my healing began. Yeah, vulnerability mm. is what created that spark mm. for my healing to happen mm. and i still remember i'd gone to um this amazing lady called chanvi who did this cacao healing ceremony oh, she lives in uh, in london but mm. she's from kenya and whenever she comes down she has these ceremonies so mm. one of my beautiful friends took me there for this ceremony and the card i picked was so apt for me mm. at that time that when i just saw the card mm. i just started crying mm. A room full of strangers, yeah. although like I had a few people who knew who I was, mm. but still it was a room full of strangers and I just shared. I mm. was so honest. It had only mm. been a month since I'd had my, or two months since I'd had my surgery and mm. my diagnosis. And I just opened up and shared what I had just experienced and mm. been through. And I felt so powerless, mm. but I came out of there feeling so powerful. Mm. It was almost yeah. like, okay, you know, yeah. now I'm going to do something about mm. this. Mm. I had to express it mm. to be able to mm. embrace it yeah. in, which yeah. was so amazing. Um, wow, I just love this sharing. Um, mm. And it is powerful because it, uh, it uh, also what I love in this journey is that when I look at um, the anatomy of where we have uh, what we call nerve plexuses, like it's a bundle of nerves, uh, nerve clusters, where a lot of nerves go out to innervate the organs or, yeah, especially uh, when I look at the, um, 
more Eastern philosophy of the chakra system. Mm -hmm. The chakras are placed just where these plexuses are. Amazing. And that I find is, uh, yeah, so it's nice to just be open to other um, almost like philosophical ways of seeing how the body works as well. Yeah. But uh, there are energy workers that are like uh, Caroline Mist, you know mm -hmm. her? No. No, so she's... Uh, uh, also, she calls herself a medical reader, I think, but she works a lot with exactly what you explained with the uh, um, with the um, chakra system and how we are holding, for example, emotions there. We mm -hmm. block one chakra, and you can also see the nervous system there is not working. As and the energy so the and the symptoms chi is not can flowing. be, yeah, like uh, you get UTIs or cystitis and all those things. But and it's so funny. Do you remember how many UTIs I yes, used to get? I exactly. used to probably come to you with that all the time. So bizarre, right? Yeah. And then, but she would take it one step further and say that when it is blocked, this is where you also have your energy leak. Oh. This is where you're then leaking your... So when you come out after what you just explained... Uh, uh, a release like that it's like you have healed a part of this chakra and wow. you've taken your power back and that's why you feel like powered yeah, mm, empowered it's it, it's really and amazing it yeah it is amazing isn't it so Cecil we talk about hands being one of the most powerful um healing tools we have mm -hmm. uh almost like when a mother knows when her child is sick immediate mm -hmm. responses put mm -hmm. your hand on the forehead of the little child to check mm. if there's a fever mm -hmm. and it always eases the child always soothes mm. their pain but i know for a fact that your hands are super powerful and super healing <laughs> for me you. and mm. for my husband especially mm. uh we know how often he is at yours <laughs> let's not talk about it too loud you might i might get in trouble um but why is it that some people have this healing mm. power and some don't um, I, I, I wouldn't know. I don't, and I don't believe it. Maybe it's like that. I think it's something we develop like any, you know, like blind people learn to, they, they use their hands as their eyes. They learn braid. They can, they can feel textures that are very different. They, they, that's their tool, right? Mm -hmm. So they develop very sensitive, um, hands we have and, and, and fingertips are very sensitive by the way, you know, we have a lot of, uh, receptors there. Mm. So, um, and I think when there's something you love to do, you do it more, you do, you, yeah, I, I, I love the work I do, so I do it every day and then you develop, you feel more and more. And um, I think anyone can develop that if you have the love for it and the passion for it. That's my belief, but yeah. I don't know. That but I, I would say that I think anyone can develop that uh, because it's it's like a sense, like any other sense, like uh, eyesight or taste or you just develop one sense more. Yeah. So the healing of it, I think is, I can't, I can't, maybe I won't try and even explain that, but I think we heal when we, it's like you are seeing something. When I touch your skin and I see what's under and I feel the organ, how it moves that I have learned and I restore that movement that has been stuck. That's a healing in itself. And I, um, 
uh, I also believe that anything that we pay attention to changes. Mm. Yeah, that's a bit like quantum physics. <laughs> the exactly. electron that you are observing actually changes its its uh, movement. So, uh, or its placement, even it's it's. I think anything we pay attention to changes. Like Dr. Joe says, where you put your attention, you put your energy. So when you put yeah. your attention in the right place, yeah. the energy shifts in that place, yeah. right? Mm. So you can do it for yourself. Yeah. Mm. And I guess it's practice, right? Practice yeah. makes perfect. So mm. anyone can really become a healer. Anyone mm -hmm. can really do any of this stuff. It's just yeah. that you need to practice it. Mm -hmm. You need to mm. you know, open up to it. Yeah, and healing, remember, healing is, it sounds also so, um, uh, in a way, esoteric, but it healing is actually mending. Mm -hmm. it's, it's mending. We're, we're all, yeah. We're always healing. Yeah, we are. The yeah. body is always in a healing process, going, putting its attention to where we need healing. Yeah, the whole time, you're right. Yeah. Mm. And the body is always working for you, not mm -hmm. against you. Totally. Um, mm. And to allow it to heal also. Mm. This is why it's so important to always take that rest day, yeah. to switch off, yes. to disconnect. Yes, definitely. Um, mm. And then, you know, I wanted to speak to you about the uh, placebo mm -hmm. and nocebo effect. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, people will be like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure. I believe mm. that she could touch me yeah. and she could move things around and she can feel my emotions mm. just by her hands. Mm. Um, but then, mm. little child, I mean, I have a, hmm. I, I am an example of this. Hmm. My son Sid, when he was nine months old, he hmm. had horrible reflux. We hmm. brought him, brought him to see you. I think hmm. brought him for like one or two sessions, hmm. and his uh, his hmm. refluxes improved drastically. Hmm. Uh, my daughter Navika, she had severe eczema as a baby. Hmm. I brought her to see you again. It really helped calm the eczema down, hmm. um, and obviously a child. Hmm. Does it have that placebo or nocebo at True. that moment? True. So how is it that it mm. is working, you know, mm. and some people believe it doesn't work for them? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I think like um, uh, when we talked about this earlier, I, I was thinking, you know, placebo is something you always um, see as a variable when you do... Uh, um, effect studies of medication, for example. So mm -hmm. anything that uh, that a doctor, any doctor, uh, gives or tells you or um, medicates you will also be connected with a placebo or nocebo effect. So placebo is, I believe it works. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, there's even been, you know, um, double blind studies where where one group just gets sugar pills and and they have had a better effect than those who, who got the actual medica Medica medication medication because yeah, they believe right. they got totally. the medication. So so that's a part of any interaction, mm. I would say, and it can work for you when um, if you really you you come to me because you believe that this is what really makes me feel good and then when you believe in it it also works because of that partly i would guess mm -hmm. um but not only i don't think only and it's just the other way around i have also had patients when i started out in osteopathy that that they were just sent to me by someone and didn't really believe you could see their whole norwegian <laughs> and 
and and and they were surprised because it actually helped. So wow, it, okay. it can, uh, but nocebo is when when you you don't you don't believe in this at all, at all. and and that has can also then have the other effect that it doesn't. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the mm. president showed up at your door, so he had some mm. mild belief yeah, in it, right? Exactly. There is yeah. something there. Mm. No, but it's amazing. I think I, I feel like you know you're one of the most inspirational people I have uh, met in my life. Uh, you keep inspiring Thank me. You. I love having our conversations. Um, so now we're going to talk about a few light things. Okay. So okay. if there is one thing that you've learned through your work, what would that be and why? Oh, I've learned. I I feel I learn something every day from the people I see that come to me. Um, I think the main thing that I have learned through my work that I wouldn't have believed before, maybe, is that um, anything can be healed. And I strongly believe that. Oh. Uh, not by me, necessarily, but, but by... Uh, but but by uh, not not uh, through medication or uh, even surgery. But if you are, if you work with your body to be in balance and um, um, uh, help it in the right way, and also with your mind, your mind is much much stronger than you would ever believe i think anything can be healed and i have seen it so yeah i think i've learned that <laughs> yeah it's so true i totally believe that also that anything can be healed mm. and your mind is the most powerful weapon you have yeah it can use it for you or mm. against you yes exactly. so what you feed your mind is what your body is listening to mm. and feeling every single day yeah um what has been your biggest inspiration in your journey so far Oh, for sure. Um, the people I meet. I mean, I love working in Nairobi, and I and that's my inspiration because I meet people from from all over the world. Nairobi is so cosmopolitan. People come from everywhere, and uh, and to me, they have shown me. People have shown me so many ways of living, and. Uh, it has given me courage to be on this um, journey myself. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's my biggest inspiration. <laughs> and mm. I just feel like also in Nairobi, um, oh, well, even in Kenya in general, people are just very open here, mm. very humble, Yeah, you know, very grounded Yeah, in a sense, open to belief, mm. open to believing, yeah. welcoming, kind. Mm. There's also this very sense of community mm. and belonging that mm. you feel here mm. and togetherness. Yeah. And there's um, always an open door to go always. through. People always say welcome. Exactly. And, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, I must say it's, uh, it's really supported my journey in the, the direction, I, in my path that I knew I had to walk. Yeah. But I felt sometimes... It was maybe more difficult from where I come from, which is more conformed and more conservative. I, I think I can say that. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Mm. Um, what are you passionate about? What am I passionate Besides my work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah besides yeah. your work. Yeah. I uh, actually, I love yoga. 
Mm-hmm. And I started that journey before coming to to um, Kenya, but here uh, again I met a community of uh, people doing yoga, which has also been very enriching. Um, it came to a halt a bit uh, through the pandemic, where I couldn't join classes. But I just come back from the Lamu Yoga Festival, which I go to now once a year with a couple of really good friends of mine, and and I'm. Yeah, I, I'm passionate about that. That uh, that's a week that is just um, nothing else has precedence <laughs> over that week. Um, yeah, so yoga and then passionate. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very family. I love my family, and I think my mm, I've I've always had very much support from my husband. Oh, <laughs> he will, yeah, that's a blessing. If I found, oh, this is going to be too difficult, he would always back me up and say, no, you can do it. And um, always supported me. Uh, and my kids, I've learned so much from them uh, and, and still do. Mm. That's so nice. Um, I think every time I hear you talk about the Lamu Yoga Festival, I keep promising myself that I'm going to go mm, next year. I'm yeah, going to go next year because yeah. you make it sound so amazing. It is. And it often like it almost like fills your cup again, right? It's like a recharge. Oh, it is so yeah. beautiful. But just Lamu has a very special place in my heart as well because very it has spiritual a, place. Yeah, it has. It's a beautiful atmosphere there, um, and. Um, and, the, and specifically the yoga festival, which has teachers from all over the world that are just amazing. And was the first time I did Kundalini yoga as well. So when we <laughs> talked about that, which was actually mind blowing. Yeah. I feel like mm. recently there's been a lot of buzz around Kundalini yoga because, again, mm. people want to heal. There's this, they mm. realize that there is this trauma that is stuck mm. inside us. And then, mm. you know, these are the modalities that we can mm. use to yeah express them and release them in yeah. the bodies and through breathing and movement breathing yes it, breath work yeah, yes exactly i'm a big mm. believer of uh, of breathing and breath yeah. work to yeah. help release trauma too me too yeah um so what is your wish for wellness in the next five years my wish is uh and i think i haven't emphasized that in this talk my my wish has always been to integrate um these modalities that we have talked about today with uh, allopathic medicine and i think um the because you know medicine is a fantastic um uh profession uh, to have a, being a medical doctor as well and especially for emergency and more i would say after accidents and, and surgery totally. but i wish there were uh, my wish is to merge more with uh, complementary medicine and uh, alternatives as well, Uh, which I I can say, sadly, I have seen in Norway gone the other way. It has Mm. been uh, almost a crusade against alternative medicine and um, not osteopathy. We're kind of included, but uh, but that, that I find is very sad, I must say, because we are throwing out a lot of... Uh, we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater to kind of exclude it. You wow. Know? Um, so the saying is to protect um, protect people from quacks, you know, quack, mm. quacks and, and, and um, harmful um, 
therapies, which which I I agree. But uh, safety is number one always. Uh, so you need kind of a good background, but or a safe background mm-hmm. when you when you start to treat um, people. But my my um, hope is that uh, we can um, start looking at the whole at the whole person coming in through to your office and not just a shoulder or a knee or but yeah that the full we body all can yeah, yeah embrace that yeah you know and that's that's so right because i think the whole point is to move forward with in, integrative treatment yeah so you're integrating mm. the holistic modalities and mm. you don't have to integrate all of them mm. and then you are complementing it with the mm. uh, allopathic yeah and integrating is probably the best way forward mm. i do see that it is popping up recently mm. and i do feel like there is there is hope for it yeah especially with the new generation yeah there is this I little hope. bit of a mm. okay but why there is mm. a, that there's a lot of this why going on mm. with them which is so nice and they're questioning it yeah and also building that foundation mm. like i do that with my kids now i build mm. this foundation with mm. them where i'm like okay mm. ask the wise mm. don't be shy yes, exactly. ask the wise you have the right to ask yeah. why are you giving me this why yes. am i doing this yeah um there is nothing wrong with asking mm. why um but i think that is uh, that is so true and i wish that too actually mm. i really really do so you're approved because you have done that exactly. journey with integrating yes you've done the allopathic and you've done the but all the research you put into that to really find the best way is yes. really um commending you for that yeah because it takes a lot to uh yeah it's not laid up for you no it is it's not it's definitely Mm. not Mm. it was not an easy path it was Mm. not an easy journey it was the hardest path it was actually harder choosing that path as Mm. opposed to choosing the other path where i let somebody else decide my fate yes because here Mm. i've taken ownership and i've said Mm. no Mm. This has happened to me. Mm. My body created the cancer. My mm. body's the only one that's going to help me destroy mm. this. And that's why mm. I chose this path. Mm. Um so we're going to end on that high note. I'm very very thankful to you and very grateful to you that you have spent this time with me and that you've shared uh such amazing knowledge with me and with everyone. I definitely have learned so much from you again today. I always keep learning from you. Um yeah, and I think it's been an amazing amazing talk with you. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us and we definitely have to do this again. There's always going to be another time. Yeah, thank you so much uh, Pooja. I have really uh enjoyed it. I have. So thank you so much for having me and um yeah, I'm wishing you well on this new journey you're doing thank you (laughs) (laughs) okay